take our Bibles, we're going to go to John chapter number 4, and I almost want to give an invitation after that song, that was good, and uh, it's a perspective that we all need to have and work on, and uh, probably for the entirety of our life, as we see uh, the difficulties, the storms, we uh, try to avoid uh, as much pain as possible, uh, but uh, you don't know, I mean, if you're here today, and you're, uh, you're about like, let's say, maybe an hour into having a cold, and you forget what it was like to feel healthy. Uh, and, uh, and so it's, just, uh, it's good to have those reminders, understand that uh, we contrast those things, and that's a blessing. Thank you, Miss Autumn, for singing that uh, song. Uh, this last week, uh, uh, I think Brother Helms uh, had been preaching out of John chapter number 4. I'm not preaching anything to correct him. He did a wonderful, wonderful job. Uh, but uh, was just, uh, as I was reading it and following along and, and rereading the passage afterwards, was just reminded of a couple things that I believe really fit into uh, our mission's emphasis theme uh, and uh, our responsibility to be uh, a witness uh, and be a soul winner. We talked about that in our uh, class this morning uh, with the new members class, prospective members class, uh, that uh, God had commissioned uh, the local church, Matthew chapter number 28, Mark 16, 15, uh, and we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're to uh, evangelize, win people to Christ, see them baptized, and teach them uh, the word of God. Uh, but before Jesus gave the church the commission, uh, he kind of, uh, kind of gave them a little bit of a, of a hint, uh, and uh, we find that in John chapter number 4. I'd like to invite you to stand, if you would, as we read our text, just a few verses, beginning in verse number 31. And uh, if you weren't here uh, for the evening service last week, I'll uh, touch a little bit uh, as a way of uh, introduction and review uh, some of the things that Brother Helms had mentioned, primarily from this passage of Scripture uh, that happened right before uh, what we're going to read right now. Verse 31, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. He said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look unto the fields, for they are, are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And here is in that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye entered into their labors. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless this message today. Lord, help us from your word. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As Brother Helms had laid out this passage and really read through what we just read here from the beginning, uh, in verse number 1, chapter number 4, uh, focus a little bit on uh, the Samaritan woman, who she was, and, uh, and then ultimately getting down to the point to where uh, the apostles uh, had, had left and went to go get food uh, and to bring that back. And while they were doing that, uh, Jesus had uh, an appointment uh, with this lady uh, at the well a very familiar passage of Scripture, uh, and uh, one you've probably heard uh, uh, many messages uh, from it. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but they were kind of aloof, the apostles, to what Jesus was doing. In fact, when he showed up, uh, they're like, what are you doing you know, talking, to, you know, talking to this woman? And for a couple of reasons. One, she was a Samaritan woman. Uh, and not to get into all of that, but uh, because of the, um, uh, 
God, by the way, in Scripture with His children always told them to uh, make sure they marry uh, Israelites. And, uh, and over the course of time, uh, there were different, uh, different types of marriages that took place. And from that, uh, a lot of uh, false worship and idolatry. And so God had a plan in all of that. And uh, be, when people go outside of, by the way, uh, God's parameters, uh, then you have things that take place and uh, things kind of spiral out of control. And so they ended up worshiping other gods and, uh, and, uh, and a lot of idolatry uh, and things took place because of that. Uh, and uh, one of the groups of people were Samaritans. And in fact, um, as they uh, begin uh, to, to grow uh, in their uh, society, if you will, it's like 727 B.C. or something, that they, in fact, uh, established their own temple uh, at Mount Gerizim uh, that was separate from uh, the temple uh, that the Jews had had because they just didn't, they didn't have anything to do with one another. So there was at that time, and by the way, both directions, because we see at the beginning of this chapter, uh, the Samaritan woman uh, was kind of wielding sarcasm in uh, irony at the Lord Jesus uh, more than, than he was, like, you know, she mentioned it, like, what, you know, what do you have to do with me uh, uh, being a Samaritan? So there were some prejudices that were there, uh, and they, Jews, uh, would avoid uh, going through uh, Samaria uh, because of that, Samaritans also. And they wouldn't even eat. Like there was like rules that you couldn't even eat anything if you were a Jew that was prepared uh, by a Samaritan. Now you could eat fruits and vegetables or, you know, um, you know, you have eggs, raw eggs, but if they cooked the eggs for you, you couldn't eat them. Uh, it was so, when prejudice, as prejudice has come, it was pretty bad. And it, it's been that way uh, in cultures throughout the, uh, since the beginning of time. And uh, so we find Jesus um, reaching out to her. The disciples like, hey, you know, what, you know, what's the deal? How come you're doing that? Uh, and, uh, and the lady takes off uh, and she goes to tell everybody, um, come see this man who told me all things I ever did. Uh, and, and witnessed uh, for Christ. We believe she was converted. And, uh, and not only did uh, he meet with her at the well uh, through that event, uh, they asked him to stay, and so they, they spent two more days there uh, and, and Jesus preaching and teaching, and, and the Bible says that uh, a lot of them got saved. Uh, and it's a great example, uh, both here and then the story of uh, the Good Samaritan um, in the Bible uh, about um, how we're to deal with people, how we're to overcome prejudices, uh, and, uh, and to reach out. Um, it's like Jonah. Jonah didn't want Ninevites to get saved. Um, and, and he knew the grace of God, and we have to overcome uh, the, those types of uh, mindsets uh, that uh, could, uh, could come into our, our hearts and minds. Everybody needs the gospel. Uh, we're all one race. Um, I just despise racism and all the, everything about all that. Uh, and, uh, and we, but regardless of um, our feelings about all that, uh, there are people that you come in contact with that um, whether it's fear, safety, um, you, you tend not to witness to them. Uh, and uh, so where we live, there are a lot of, whether it's poverty and homelessness, drug addiction, there's a lot of things uh, that take place. And uh, instead of having compassion to give them the gospel, um, our tendency is to, is to avoid, uh, to not make contact, um, not even to look in their direction. 
Uh, and, uh, and it's sad, uh, but, um, you know, whenever I get, uh, whenever I get that way, I, well, I, I've said this before, um, I often I go, uh, there's a 7-Eleven uh, on uh, Pacific Highway and whatever, it's down, I can't remember what the cross street is, but it's, it's, it's down um, before you get to 72nd, it's this way. How many are familiar with that 7-Eleven uh, is? Uh, anyway, this is a pretty rough part of town. Uh, and, uh, and so um, I purposefully, whenever I'm out on my motorcycle, I always go there and I park and I get a soda uh, and just engage people because people are in and out, in and out. And it's usually, it's usually you know, um, a demographic uh, that you want to clutch your wallet. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and you feel unsafe. Like, like when people are behind me, like I get nervous because I don't know if I'm going to get conked in the head. <laughs> You know, whatever. So I'm on a swivel and whatever. And they say, "Why do you do that?" Uh, because because I'm I'm trying to um, to not have that type of uh, anxiety or fear or whatever, and just to talk. So I just engage them. Uh, you know, and people are, they get to know me or whatever, and and uh, and uh, give them the gospel, witness to them. Sometimes it's helping them. Sometimes they help me. Uh, and uh, but what I'm saying is, as much you can love Jesus, say Jesus loves everybody. Uh, but you can still behave in ways that aren't consistent with that. Uh, and, uh, and we have to get beyond uh, those types of things. And, and Jesus gives us a great example. And so uh, they're like, hey, you know, she runs off. Uh, and then they're like, hey, um, did anybody give the Lord something to eat? And then he said, I've got meat that you know not of. And, uh, and before the Great Commission was ever given to uh, them, uh, he gives them kind of a prelude and says that uh, the harvest truly is plenteous. Uh, and, uh, and the look on the fields are already white unto harvest. And the analogy is, is if they looked over the people, uh, like back then, um, people wore, uh, well, they still do in those desert areas, uh, turbans. And so uh, the idea as they looked out, there was almost an object lesson for them as they looked out over the, the crowd of people, uh, and it just looked like a harvest because of all the, of the, of the white headdresses and stuff that were out there. And, and it was almost like, look, it's, it's white already to harvest. And he says to them, which we won't get into today, uh, that uh, you're going to reap where you haven't sown. And, uh, and there's a blessing. We've talked about that in recent weeks with what we do for missions. Uh, there's blessings now and there's blessings afterwards. We're laying up treasures in heaven. Uh, and he is saying to them, uh, that uh, that they, they're going to be serving and going in, in, in reaping where they've not bestowed uh, any labors and, and God is going to bless because the Lord is, He's the Lord of the harvest. And as much as we talk about missions and sending missionaries or being a missionary right here, being a witness, you know, uh, going soul winning, uh, God gives the increase. Uh, he's the one that saves. And, but we have a responsibility to preach the gospel to everybody. And so we try to, as best as we can, uh, fulfill that. But we can't, we can't look at that God builds the church, God saves, uh, and use that as a, an excuse not to engage people with the gospel. Um, we're, uh, you know, not Calvinists, uh, and, uh, and so God uses us. We share the gospel. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so even the people you think, like, God could never save, or they're so caught up in their sin that's like it's a useless cause. Um, those are all people that need Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and so we have to give them the gospel, which, by the way, is more important than $5 <laughs> uh, and, uh, and whatever. And uh, using that as an illustration, I, had, um, I just had uh, given out some money 
and uh, at the 7-Eleven, and then there was a, a car that pulled in, and a guy, a guy rolls up on his bike, and he, and he asked me, do you have any, any change? And I, like, literally just gave it away. And, uh, and uh, so um, I said, no, I don't have any. And uh, he kind of walks over behind me, and then this lady that had just pulled up, she, she like, rolls down her, her window and gives me the biggest eye roll uh, that I've ever seen and then gave the guy a dollar, <laughs> and then I, then I felt bad. I went in and got some more change uh, and, uh, in doing that. But more important than a dollar uh, or whatever is giving people the gospel. And uh, so uh, if you don't get anything out of this today, uh, know our responsibility. Uh, and, uh, and he lays it out for them and says that he's going to bless, and, and not only in, in the harvest itself, uh, but they who are involved in the harvesting, uh, both those that sow and, and those that reap, uh, all are blessed. In fact, he that winneth souls, Bible says, wise. There's he that goeth forth bearing precious seed, doubtless. Uh, God promises blessing uh, to those who are soul winners. Now, going back to the beginning part of the chapter, and I want to kind of look at it four different things here um, from this passage about soul winning uh, with the Lord Jesus as our example. If you were uh, to take a soul winning course, um, sometimes we get prepared materials. We have some through striving together and there's other soul winning courses. I, I think back to when I was in Bible college, we had John R. Rice's How to Be a Successful Soul Winner. Uh, and, uh, and there's been, uh, I've, I've read and have gone through many of those. Many of them uh, deal with um, the scriptures, our responsibility to be soul winners uh, and, uh, and, and give us, equip us with the scriptures we're supposed to use and even tell us uh, and teach us, and rightly so, uh, that our responsibility is to sow the word of God and God gives the increase. Uh, but then it always goes into the do's and don'ts, um, like don't walk on their grass, uh, you know, use the sidewalk, practical things, like you don't want to offend them before you get to the door. Uh, I always have a hard time, like if, they're, if they're like, the, the blinds are open and they're sitting there, like don't look at them, don't look at them, don't look at them. As I'm walking up to the door, sometimes I can't help it, you know, and there's been times where it's like, you know, and I'm like, I can see you sitting there, <laughs> and, uh, uh, please come to the door, uh, and uh, so there's been those types of moments as well, uh, but uh, it gets into the very practical, you know, use breath mints, you know, brush your teeth, take a shower, um, and, uh, and here's what you do, but there are also, like, com- huge oversteps uh, to where um, people have, they teach you uh, how to manipulate people, uh, or how to, you know, um, and, and I, I don't like all of that. Uh, but, uh, but from a practical standpoint, uh, what, what people teach today in soul winning, um, they wouldn't do it like Jesus did it. Uh, in fact, they, the opposite uh, is true. And so I wanted to point this out because we live in a day and time where, um, you know, by the way, people can say pretty much anything about everything, uh, and nobody can have a problem with it. Uh, unless it's a Christian um, giving somebody the gospel. Uh, and it's sad, but it's true. But what that has done uh, is it has, um, it's hindered and it's, it's made it so that Christians don't speak up and they don't, they don't say what they, they need to say. And um, they're afraid at the pushback or uh, they won't confront sin uh, and at all. Uh, for fear of, of reprisal, for fear of what people would think and say or do or, or how they're going to react. 
Um, unfortunately, uh, sometimes those reactions are um, bad. Uh, end up maybe in violence or, uh, or um, you know, a lot of problems and whatever. Uh, but, you know, I've had people rip tracks up in my face and, you know, spit at me, all kinds of different stuff. Uh, and, and I kind of look at that stuff as a badge of honor. Um, and, uh, but, at this, but I don't like it. Um, but it, ca- it can't keep me uh, from, uh, from saying what needs to be said. Uh, and uh, uh, one, one time, I'll use this illustration... Because to illustrate, um, well, let me get, I'll give you the illustration. And then we're going to give these four points here in, in, uh, in chapter number four. Um, there was a time where <clears throat> I was in a coffee shop uh, that will remain unnamed. Uh, and uh, in line, and the line was a long line. And, uh, and so I had my Bible under my arm, and I'm waiting in the line. person behind me uh, says, um, are you a Christian? And remember that, I was Jeff Fox or whatever, like, here's your sign. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, well, I got a big Bible. It wasn't like, a, you know, my little sewing, it was like this one. And uh, I said, are you a Christian? And I said, well, yes, I am a Christian. I said, in fact, I'm a Baptist pastor. And after I said that, it was on. And, uh, and so they, they were just, he was just berating me and knew this and on and on and on and on. And, and, uh, and the man was a homosexual. And, uh, and so he was just hammering me, like, on. And, like, and the whole store stopped. Like, everybody stopped to watch. And, uh, and so, uh, so basically, um, my reply was to him, you know, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, you don't know me. And, uh, and uh, I said, I won't assume some certain things about you. I said, if you don't assume that I'm a gay-hating bigot. How's that? And then, he, and then you can almost hear the wind get sucked Right out of Starbucks. Oh, I said it, Starbucks. <laughs> and, um, and I don't even get any free coffee from him. Uh, and, uh, but then, but he goes, no, I'm, you know what, I'm sorry. And I end up sitting down with him and giving him the gospel. He didn't get saved. Um, but, but there's some of you, like, like, why would you say that? Or say it that way? Or be so, you know, you know up front with it? Um, and my, my answer is, we need to. And we should. In fact, in that instance, I've almost defended myself because I was getting berated. Uh, and a lot of times in culture, not just that, but other things, the toleration is big, except not to you uh, or not to the Christian. And, uh, but we avoid, uh, like we can't say anything that would, that would upset somebody because if we do, uh, then they won't, they won't hear the gospel message. In part, in, in part that is, that there's some truth to that, but it's not altogether true. And, uh, and part of giving the gospel to people uh, is, is, confronting, is confronting the sinner, all right? And no greater example than Jesus himself. Uh, so if, if, if I read a soul winning manual uh, or go to a soul winning clinic uh, and they tell me not to do what Jesus did in John chapter number four, I just kind of, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Uh, so let's look at what Jesus did briefly uh, in chapter number four. Uh, so we'll just skip down to uh, verse number uh, four. He says, and he must needs go through Samaria. So they are on the way to Galilee, and he says, I must needs go through Samaria. And, and to not get into all of it, um, we look at this. He had a divine appointment with this woman uh, uh, at the well. Uh, and uh, please understand that every, as a Christian, I believe everything is holy and sacred. There's nothing secular. 
so every interaction that we have with people really is it's sacred. Uh, and, uh, and even if somebody doesn't get saved, you don't lead them to Christ, or maybe you don't even witness to them, um, it doesn't mean it was any less of a divine appointment on your part. Uh, because God places people in our paths. We're supposed to be a witness. Uh, and I kind of look at every type of interaction I have to that way is that God has placed those people in my path uh, and I need to, I need to um, share them a Christian, share the gospel, invite them to church, what have you. But he says, I must needs go uh, uh, through Samaria. And that was weird because the Jews didn't do that. They went around it to get to Galilee. Uh, they didn't go through it. Jesus says, I need to go through. Uh, and uh, then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his uh, son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Let me just stop this and say uh, one thing about that. Um, uh, the Bible says for us to not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we'll reap if we faint not. Um, we're often wearied and tired, but it's usually not from well-doing. It's with everything else under the sun. Um, a weariness in serving God, of course, Jesus, wearied, he's tired. Uh, and this whole conversation and everything about it happened when, uh, when he was tired and hungry. Uh, he, hadn't, he hadn't eaten, uh, nor anybody else, and the disciples went off uh, to go get some, to get some food. Uh, but when you think about, you know, I love... What happens at youth camps when everybody's tired? Or, or what God does in vacation Bible school with wearied teachers and people who are working hard uh, as they, as they, uh, to try to prepare for those kids. There's a lot of great stuff that happens uh, when, we, when we do the right things when we're wearied. And uh, so Jesus himself being wearied, it didn't stop him. Like if, if it was me, I'd be like, hey, uh, you know, um, Give me, can you get me some water? And, and then it was like, I would have been like, no, I you know, I need some water. Because <laughs> uh, we, we get tired and we get carnal. Uh, but the Lord, uh, in his weariness, he has this divine appointment. He was there. And at noon, and the, and the preacher touched on this, she went there at noon, uh, the sixth hour of the day. And that's not when women went to the well. Uh, they went early in the morning. And so not only was this lady a Samaritan, uh, but she was probably an outcast. Uh, within, you know, uh, the ladies all, they went in the morning, she's there in the middle of the day uh, uh, when, when nobody else is going and probably for good reasons. And some of them we can deduce from what the Lord said about her uh, in just a little bit. Uh, and uh, so she probably had a reputation, probably didn't want to talk about uh, some things. So she comes there and he says, give me drink in verse number seven. For his disciples were gone away. Uh, and then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, uh, which am a woman of Samaria? Uh, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And so we find her um, really kind of um, being combative and sarcastic uh, in a way. He says, Give me drink. And she's like, Well, how? And it's kind of, it's kind of like how in the, the previous chapter, uh, when Jesus said, uh, You need to enter a second time into the womb to be saved. And he's like, How? Uh, Nicodemus said, How can a man enter a second time into the womb? So he said, How? She says, How? Uh, and, uh, and he responds. And here's what uh, I believe uh, the Lord did as we read it. When he asked the question, Give me water, what that did. In part, is what I read here, because the way she, she answered him, it almost elicited um, the, the, uh, the, the bitterness, 
uh, or her, the state of bitterness that she had uh, towards the Jews uh, and, uh, and that dynamic. Because she said, well, how, how is it that you're asking me water being a Jew and I'm a woman of Samaria? And, and I see that a lot when I, when I give people a gospel track. Or if I tell somebody I'm a Christian, like even this morning, uh, as I was uh, going through the drive-thru, uh, and uh, uh, it's like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, you know, oh, it's good. Oh, uh, and we're, we're all just having a good time. It's like, where are you going all dressed up? I said, I'm going to church. I'm a pastor. Oh. Uh, and it's almost like they don't want to talk to me anymore. Uh, and, uh, and by making a statement, it, it elicits when you say something, like it's not my fault that they have that thought or feeling or whatever, uh, but when we, when we talk to somebody, we give them a track, uh, it, uh, boy, uh, for some people, some people, by the way, they say, oh, great, you know, I was, I was waiting for somebody to, to come and lead me to the Lord. There's, there's people like that. Uh, but a lot of times it's like, you know, I've had people, well, you know, I'm talking about their car in their driveway and say, well, we were friends until you started talking about church. Now we're not friends anymore. <laughs> uh, and uh, it elicits in people. Uh, but we can't help that. If people with the Lord himself, and by the way, um, at the end of Jesus' ministry, there was only a handful of people left. Uh, so the greatest leader of all times at the very end had very few followers. Uh, and when I look at how I'm supposed to witness and what I'm supposed to do, uh, I can't look at uh, the reaction that I get from somebody is that what I'm doing is wrong. I have a responsibility, you have a responsibility to give the gospel to every creature. Uh, preach it uh, and uh, to share it. The good news, uh, the bad news is if you, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to spend an eternity in hell. The good news is that Jesus paid your sin debt. Uh, and, uh, and it's our responsibility, not just somebody else's. Um, I love finding gospel tracts uh, from Bible preaching churches in restrooms, on tables or whatever in doing that. If I find them from cults, I pick them up and I throw them away, by the way. Uh, if I'm knocking doors behind the Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm just, ta- I'm just taking it off uh, the whole way that I'm going. You say, you shouldn't do that. So, uh, and uh, I do, uh, and uh, maybe, maybe people will take stuff off the door, uh, maybe they will, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but I, I want to give them the truth, and so he, uh, when he spoke, elicited this bitterness, and verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So not only does he elicit this bitterness by just asking her to get him some water. And she snarkily replies back, uh, how is it that you're even asking me, being a Jew? Uh, but then he, he talks to her or explains to her, it, it refers to uh, her ignorance of uh, the goodness of God. So he, he strikes a chord and then he says, if you knew who the gift of God, knew the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, um, then you would, you would uh, give the drink and he'd ask and he'd give you living water. And of course, we know that she's confused uh, in looking at the very carnal side of all that. The woman saith unto him, Sir, verse 11, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep from whence. Uh, and again, this is more, it's like, you know, you're, you're asking me for water, but you have nothing to get this water with, sarcastic. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank therein himself and his children, his cattle, which, which also continue to prove her ignorance of who he was. Uh, and because uh, the answer is yes. 
Uh, he is greater uh, than Jacob. But look, look at how he answered her. Jesus answered uh, and saith unto her, like uh, his response. And by the way, as I say what I'm saying about how he's doing this, uh, he dealt with her uh, with kindness and gentleness. The Bible says that our speech to be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Uh, I think it's important for us to be patient and use uh, uh, words uh, to the use of edifying, uh, and, uh, and 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 to be that and to be that way, and that should be our goal. That not always happen because uh, our flesh gets in the way. Uh, but he says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to. Uh, into everlasting life. And she said, uh, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. She's still kind of focused in on, like, I want that water. Uh, and just like a lot of spiritual uh, messages, um, we get caught up in, you know, I'm telling, I'm telling people about Jesus who will save them. Uh, and uh, he is, he, you know, he is a friend that sticks close to their brother, but that's not a reason a person should get saved. A person gets saved because they're a sinner in need of a savior. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of benefits to being saved, but, uh, but she's like, sir, give me uh, this water. Uh, in verse 16, Jesus uh, saith unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said that thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he, who, and he whom thou uh, now hast is not thine husband, and thou saidest thou truly. Now we're getting to meddling a little bit. And so she says, I want this water. And she says, go, he says, go fetch your husband. And she says, I don't have any husband. And, and he says, yeah, the, you've been married all these times. And the guy that you have right now that you're shacking up with is not your husband. Uh, and uh, in, in you know, true fashion, uh, she's like, verse 19, uh, the woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. <laughs> and our fathers, and she kind of changes the subject and starts talking about religion. Now, I'm saying what I'm saying to help us today to understand is that Jesus being our greatest example as a soul winner, um, he's a sinless, spotless lamb of God. As he approaches this woman, a divine appointment, uh, he says to her something that elicits um, a response and, uh, and, and then goes on to tell her that uh, she's ignorant of the goodness of God. But then we find here, he's just hitting her straight between the eyes uh, with her sin. And... Um, some modern-day soul winners would say, you know, don't talk to people about that. Um, don't man- like I've had, I've had people say uh, to me, uh, so what you're saying, Pastor Reno, is if I get saved, i got to quit. They have a beer in their hand. You're saying if I get saved, Pastor Reno, I'm going to have to quit drinking beer. And some soul winners would say, you know what, let's not worry about that. Uh, let's talk about this. Um, and I'd just like to say that we should talk about that. Um, so I'll say, well, do you think that's a sin that you need to be forgiven of? Or do you feel that's a sin that, uh, that uh, put Jesus on the cross? And, uh, because the answer is, if they get saved, they ought to stop doing that. When you're born again, he changes you. You become a new creature in Christ. And, uh, and so it is important. And Jesus, Jesus says, go get your husband. Uh, and we have this whole thing and, and confronted her. And that's probably not something she wanted to talk about. That's why she went to the well at noon. Uh, because I'm assuming uh, people back then were like people right now, and when the, uh, when the lady that comes up that uh, is, uh, w- has the background there, people go, there she is. There's so-and-so. 
and, uh, and on and on and on, and to avoid that. And, of course, she changed the subject. So he deals with her sin. And I'm saying in today's time, we need to do that. We need to confront people. Be kind. Be gentle. He was gentle. Uh, you know, he, he kind of brought her through all that. Uh, and, uh, but he didn't use so much tact that he didn't make contact. And then not only did he do that, then he hammers her religion. Because she goes on to say, Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Remember, Samaritans worship at Mount Gerizim uh, and the Jews uh, in Jerusalem. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. He says, You worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And so she, she changes the subject, goes into religion, and then Jesus hammers her religion and says, us Jews know what we're talking about. And there's going to be a time where we don't worship him at Mount Gerizim or we don't worship in Jerusalem. And he says, and you've got to worship in spirit and truth. There's a lot of churches that worship in spirit, uh, but not in truth. And God gives us that, that, that balance there, obviously in scripture. But he confronts her about her sin uh, and uh, he confronts her about uh, her ignorance about the goodness of God and her sin and her religion. Um, I've even said from this, and, I'm, and again, uh, being kind and tactful, whatever, if, uh, like, I don't know if there's any Jehovah's Witnesses here today, and I, I, I kind of bagged on Jehovah's Witnesses a minute ago. Um, and uh, I'm not going to ask you if you are, and raise your hand. Uh, and, uh, but someone has to say, if we have someone to come, and I know, uh, if I know they're a Catholic, uh, I'm not going to um, uh, joke about it or, or whatever. I try to be mindful of that. Um, but there isn't nothing wrong if I'm preaching this to call it Catholicism uh, and, and false religion. doesn't matter if it's, it's Buddhism, you know, Confucianism, Hinduism, um, cults in America, religion as a whole. Uh, and there are a lot of things that call themselves churches. Uh, but I say, you know, I have, I'll, I'll, my, I've learned uh, that uh, when I'm talking to somebody who's in a false religion, that what I've been taught is to not... Um, Tell them everything that is wrong with their religion uh, because it offends them and you want them to be open to the gospel. But then I'm just reminded of John chapter number four where, where, where Jesus like did the opposite. Uh, and he, and, he, and he, he hammers her religion. Uh, and, uh, and when he does that, he says, The woman, verse 25, saith unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said, I'm him. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then uh, the disciples show up, like, hey, why are you talking to her? Off she goes. Uh, we believe that she was converted. She's telling people more people got saved. And by the way, more people were reached with the gospel and got saved in this passage of Scripture over those two days than the disciples who were aloof to all that's going on uh, than they did. They're just like, hey, you know, did anybody give him any food? And, and Jesus was doing some spiritual work, and he says, my meat is to do the will of him. Uh, and uh, by the way, it's the will uh, of God for us to do that same work uh, as a local church today. So I'm saying all this to say in 2022, uh, in the day and time where, where we live, where, where it's, you know, um, you got, everybody's changed the names of football teams and the whole, you know, PC culture uh, and, um, and the toleration, not, not tolerating, you can't say things, hate speech, rules, laws, or whatever, um, 
as Christians, we cannot be afraid to speak the truth. We should speak the truth in love uh, and, uh, and to confront, uh, confront sin, confront false religion. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's no better way to learn how to lead people to Jesus than Jesus himself. So when I read, though, and people say, oh, well, you shouldn't, or people say, Man, you shouldn't, you know, call, call this out or do that or whatever. Uh, I mean, I get what they're saying, uh, but, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather witness the way that I'm witnessing and do it this way than to do it the way you're not. And, uh, and so being a witness and it being thought of perhaps, you can't confront sin without, without people thinking that that's harsh. Or they'll say you're being judgy, or you know everybody has the has the the words whatever. It's like who you know. Um, and you, by the way, you can you can say things and not be judgy, and you can say things in a way that people feel and understand that you care for them and you're concerned you love them. Uh, and um, and there's and there's there's ways that you can do that. And I'm saying that's what you should do, but you should do it, and not be so worried. Or like I read in, in this pamphlet, the soul winning pamphlet, that I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say anything about anything. Uh, to just think of the greatest soul winner ever, Jesus, uh, and, uh, and how he dealt with this woman uh, at the well and the result of it. And how God, and that he uses the illustration uh, with his disciples of what they, they need to do uh, as well. Um, and so to be a witness uh, that, um, that witnesses, though fatigued and tired and weary, uh, that overcomes barriers, prejudices, the stuff that would stop us from sharing the gospel. Um, was, have, you ever thought, have you ever thought this, like, um, I'm going to share the gospel with this, this person, but I hope they don't come to church? You never done that? I'm, 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 you know, it's kind of like, like, if they come to church, I, I can just imagine people snatching their kids up real close. And like, oh, don't go over there, don't sit by them. Because they might be dirty. They might be, they might be high. And, and to say that it doesn't happen, it happens. We have people come in here all, and people are like on like DEFCON alert. Uh, just because it's like, who is that and why are they here? It, it happens all the time. And, uh, and, and we have to, obviously we have to have safeguards and practices and, and you know, be wise and, uh, and, and all of that. Um, but don't we think, don't you think that's just a tinge of prejudice? Like if, if the, you know, if Saul gets saved and walked in the average Baptist church today, he'd get run out because of who he was and what he's done. And, uh, God changes people and there's a process and sometimes it's slow and, and all, all that kind of stuff. But, but we, we have to be confront sin, love sinners, you know, hate sin, love the things that God loves, hate the things that he hates. But, but be straightforward and loving and, and overcome all those barriers, even though we're tired, uh, and uh, allow for God to work. Uh, look at every relationship we have as a providential type of relationship, uh, and, then, and then just, and just be a faithful witness. Uh, so as we talk about missions and missionaries doing uh, all that they do on the foreign field, we need to be that exact same thing right here. So I'm asking you to commit um, to being a, a better witness for the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and I want you to think perhaps of uh, who your Ninevites are, uh, who, the, who the Samaritans are in your heart and your mind. And I want you to go out of your way 
um, to witness to them and share the gospel with them uh, this week. Uh, and uh, so I don't have any. I don't, you, you, you do. We all do. Uh, and, um, and there are a lot of things that drive that, but it's something that we have to overcome because Jesus loves them. And they need, they need to be saved. And so, um, and you might be the only person, Bible-believing Christian, that they, they know, or they don't even know they know you. Uh, but would you commit to being a better witness uh, for the Lord this week? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We're out of time this morning.